Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their their leadership insight and advice. Welcome back to another episode of When Hers United, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I truly appreciate you listening in. This is season nine, episode four, entitled, What Problem Can You Solve? with Ishanda Blue and Jessica Wright. Before we jump into the interview, I want to tell you more about me and When Hers United, the podcast. I believe that success leaves clues and When Hers United, the podcast was created to give you the clues you need to succeed in business, mindset, personal development, and self-care. These are the four pillars we stand on here at Winhurst United, which is why they are emphasized so we can all live a complete and fulfilled life, both personally as well as professionally. If it's not too much to ask, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Then write us a review. As a thank you, I'll be giving shout outs on future episodes to those that take a moment to do this. Now, without further ado, let's get into season nine, episode four, entitled, What Problem Can You Solve? with Ishanda Blue and Jessica Wright. All right, so today we don't have one, we have two amazing winning women of color entrepreneurs coming to share their insight and advice with us. So Ishanda and Jessica, welcome. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> yes. So before we get started with the interview, I want to tell you more about Ishanda and Jessica. Ishanda Blue and Jessica Wright are healthcare professionals with over 20 years of experience in long-term care and healthcare management. Their combined background experience in long-term care includes every role of nursing, from certified nursing assistant, charge nurse, unit manager, and assistant director of nursing to director of nursing and corporate senior nurse consulting. In January of 2007, they started Innovative Senior Solutions, which provides private home care, adult day health, respite, personal care home and transportation services to seniors and those who are disabled. Ishanda and Jessica are always seeking new solutions to meet the needs of seniors. And in 2019, they sold their in-home care business entity for seven figures to pivot their focus to generating more senior care providers via their consulting services. So again, Ishanda, Jessica, welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited to hear about all this great stuff you all have going on. We're ready. So let's talk business. All right. So talk to us about how you got started in the senior healthcare space. I'm Jessica. Me and Ishanda, we are sisters and we have a long history, over 25 years of experience in long-term care. And so long-term care, senior care is our passion, it's our love. And it hit home for Ishanda and I um, in 2007 when our grandmother became where she could no longer walk and she needed assistance at home. 
and we were getting services from in-home care clients, in-home care providers that they were hour, hour and a half hours away. Their corporate office was that far away from our home. And so it was an issue for us when we had issues with the caregivers not showing up. We could not talk to anyone. We could not get anyone to come and address our issues. And so my grandmother told us she didn't want to go to a nursing home. We did not want her to go to a nursing home. So Ishanda and I, we saw a need in our community. So we started Innovative Senior Solutions. Our grandmother was our first client. And that is how we started. I love that, right? I feel like in business, they say, follow your passion or like when you solve a problem for someone, that's when you have a business solution and your business is actually viable. So it sounds like you all went in both of those directions, right? Like in nursing for all of those years and then being able to switch that over to senior care for your own grandmother to solve the problem of people not showing up or not getting the service that you wanted to get. So I love, love, love that. That is a message. What problem do you currently have or do you have the solution for that's out there, right? Go on and create a business around that solution for that problem. Mm -hmm. Love it. So I feel like sometimes you don't know what you don't know, right? And when we spoke previously, you mentioned that you learned a valuable lesson in relation to the importance of having assets to assist in growing your business. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I'm Ishanda, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. Over the years, we grew our business, and what we were doing, the way we were growing our business, is we were leasing properties. And for us, we just thought it was the quickest way to move. We didn't have to go to the bank to get funding. I don't even know how we came up with that. But anyway, we were growing and that's how we were growing our business. We were leasing these people's buildings. And so we finally got to where we want a building where we were leasing. It wasn't big enough. We needed more space. The business had outgrown the space it was in. And we was like, it's time for us to, you know, buy us a building. And so when we went to the bank to talk about getting funding to buy a business, and by the way, at that time, we had been in business over 15 years and we had proven financials to show that we had revenue generating a profitable business. Seven-figure business. Exactly. Mm. But when we sat down with the bank and they looked at our financials and they said, y'all don't have any assets and we can't lend you any money. Mm. And so until that time, we didn't know it was a thing. Like you said, you never know it's a thing till you know it's a thing. And we kind of, we got a business coach. We looked at our financials and we made a decision that we would never lease another property. Our first step was to purchase anything that we were operating, that we were leasing. And if they decided not to sell, we vacated. And so today we got close to 22 properties that we own. So we got some assets now. (laughs) So now they got to tell us something else, the reason why they can't live. But anyway, we, when we learned that problem, you know, we worked on it. I love that. And that is so interesting, right? Because I do agree with what you're saying. Like, how could I be running a seven-figure business but still not qualify for funding? So I think that is a valuable, valuable lesson. Thank you for sharing that. And ownership, you know, ownership is important. All right. So 
I know another thing that you mentioned previously was opportunity. Is it opportunity fund or opportunity zone? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So it's just amazing how things just all align up at the same time. But in 2019, Trump came out with this thing called the opportunity zone. And basically what that was, was if your business or it could be an individual, if you had a capital gain, you could invest that capital gain in an opportunity zone, meaning any property that was in a designated opportunity zone anywhere in the United States. If you put that money in that opportunity zone and leave it there for seven years, you wouldn't have to pay taxes on that capital gain. And the properties that were supposed to be in the opportunity zone were supposed to be things that needed to be rehabbed, right? Mm-hmm. So the purpose behind it was to try to revitalize, you know, communities and houses and things that needed to have that rehab. And so, so we were like, hmm, this is when we had a capital gain. We sold our business in 2019, you know, for the seven figures. And we was like, well, we got this money. We knew we wanted to help people start their own business. We want to invest our money in, in senior care. And so when we started researching, trying to find someone to help us do this opportunity zone fund, because we want to have our own fund, we couldn't find anybody. People was telling us to put our money in their fund. I don't want to put my money in your fund. Hmm. And so we finally found someone who, who knew the tax code and the tax law and was able to help us to start our own opportunity zone fund. That's what we did. So those properties that we bought, the majority of them were in an opportunity zone. And that's how we invested our money. So if everything works out in seven years, we won't have to pay taxes on that capital gain, which was the purpose of that, putting it in the opportunity zone. All right. I love that. I heard several things as I listened to you. Stick to your guns, right? Like stick to what's important to you. You didn't want to invest in somebody else's fund, right? So you found someone that could teach you how to do your own thing or do it for you, however you went about that, right? So then that goes into the next thing that I heard is find the right people, you know, because at first you said you came across people that were saying, oh, hey, I can help you, right? But it wasn't the way that you wanted the help. So I think that's a gem within itself. And then, you know, a gem that I feel like everybody can relate to is finding ways to keep your money, right? Like I want to keep my money. (laughs) And this was a great way for me to do so, right? So I love all of that. I think those are all great gems. So I know when I spoke to you all in a pre-interview, like I had never heard of an opportunity fund, you know, or opportunity zone, right? So just, you know, for those listening, like do some research on an opportunity zone. And, you know, if you're in the place to do that, then, hey, do it and help to revitalize and keep things going and rebuild. One point I want to mention on that, like a lot of people probably didn't know about it because they didn't have that capital gain. And I can remember when we decided, and the reason why we got the capital gain is because we sold a part of our business. And I can remember when we first started telling people about we were selling a part of our business, it had a negative vibe to it for some reason. Like we were doing bad. Like Mm. we were going out of business or, you know, what's going on with them? And we're thinking, shoot, we're coming up. This is what we knew we were doing <laughs> right, on the back right. end. But I don't know why that impression was that way. And I and I guess we just learned, you know, now that we're in this mastermind with other businesses, like some people don't plan to sell. Like our strategy right now, we, we're thinking about how we're going to sell, <laughs> exit and sell these some of these businesses because I already know my children don't want them, you know, but we will have property and land and stuff for generational wealth. 
But it's just amazing how I don't know why that was such a negative thing in our and I feel like it was our community and where, you know, that's how you get that, those capital gains. So anyway, I just wanted to put that note up there. That was a, a great note to add in. Right. Because I do believe that a lot of people don't understand the importance of having an exit strategy, you know, and going into business, not necessarily for it to be your lifelong thing. Right. But what's next and next and next. Like those are definitely goals. And you talked about something that I feel like anyone stepping outside of their box experiences. Right. There will be naysayers. There will be people that don't understand your vision. Right. But luckily you didn't let them. Oh, yeah, maybe maybe we shouldn't. sell. like if they think it's a bad idea, maybe we shouldn't do it. Right. No. Follow your own wits again, you know, and keep pushing forward. Right. Because now I'm sure that they see the bigger picture. Right. But it wasn't for them to see it at that time. So I'm glad you all didn't let that deter you. Right. And you actually led into the next question. So. I feel like you two are what they say, hashtag goals, having grown your business to over 20 million in sales. So what advice do you have for business owners that aspire to reach these heights? Again, find a solution. If you are the solution to a problem, if you are having a problem, um, nine times out of 10, somebody else is having that problem. And so if you find the solution to that problem and the passion, because People start a business, they get in business and they're like, you just supposed to miraculously be profitable and be have six figures, seven figures. It's hard work. And so we, you know, we put in hard work. We were passionate about it. We persevered through, you know, hard times. So it's all about what you put in it. If you put in the sweat equity, you're going to get out what you put in it. So we're passionate about seniors. We're passionate about caring. We say that this is our calling. Mm-hmm. So now we um, doing our passion is also our purpose. And so when we were able to marriage those two, join those two, the sky was the limit because we're, we're serving, we're helping others um, and we need an need. All right. I love that. So be in it. Right. It made me think of the saying that they say, like, don't give up before the miracle happens. That's what I heard as I was listening. And I also wrote I'm I'm taking notes, y'all. Y'all some of y'all can't see me. Right. But uh, I'm taking notes. So I, I write notes as I'm listening. And one of the words that I wrote down is dedication, like actually being dedicated to what you do. Right. Because I know, you know, it's so funny. I saw a picture One time I always talk about different memes, I see. Right. So it was a meme and it talked about the entrepreneurial journey, you know, to where people on the outside may think it's a straight line from the bottom to the top or a uh, diagonal line, you know, from the bottom to the top. Right. But the actual image is, you know, up, down, squiggly around, back and forth and all it is, you know, and then, you know, you get somewhere to where you have that diagonal line that's going. And I think that also speaks to what you said as well. Now, let's talk mindset. And you actually alluded to this, I feel like a little bit. So let's talk about starting small, then growing, as opposed to feeling like you have to do it all at once. Starting small. I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? I mean, we we didn't start out at 20 million in sales. We I think our first year in business, we made $1,684. Like I can remember it. First year, $1,684. <laughs> and 
And so, and we were our first employees. We were the first two, but we were the only two for a long time. It took some things to happen for us. And I guess, and I would say one is when we both made the decision to leave our jobs, because we were working, we were still working as nurses, but running the business, right? And mm-hmm. so it was like we were half in. And I tell people all the time, if I wouldn't have lost my job, I'd probably still been there working, but I thank God it did. I did because this was the best thing that ever happened to me. So one, it was being totally in and focused. Second, we had to learn to market. And I think that first year when we were both left our jobs, like, man, we went on a marketing (laughs) tour. We was in homecoming parades. We was in everywhere. (laughs) You would have thought we had a marketing team. It wasn't nobody but me and her. But you're gonna have to start somewhere. And it's about it is about mindset because you know we were half in when we were working our other jobs, but mm-hmm. when we knew either we're gonna make this thing work or not, it turned different. It got different, it got real. <laughs> All right. I love that, right? So, like you said, the whole focus. I feel like what when you're how they say when your back is against the wall. That's when, you know, like you said, it's real and it's so funny. I feel like you're talking directly to me a lot of times, you know, I think God sets it up that way that a lot of these messages come directly to me where my word, I pick a word for every year and my word for this year is hone in because I still work in corporate full time, right? Working corporate full time, single mother and, 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 and I feel like I have a million hats, right? And I don't always feel like I'm completely in in the things that really bring me joy and that I'm passionate about. Right. So, you know, I feel like I received that advice, you know, to actually focus. And sometimes it does require one thing having to move off of the plate for you to be able to do that. So that was good advice. Now, I remember you saying, though, that when you all started, you intentionally wanted to be small. You know, so talk to us a little bit more about that intentionality with that decision and why you feel like it was good for you. Again, we our background is nursing. So we we know nursing. We know care. We knew nothing about running a business Mm. and um, we wanted to get it right. Like I said, we intentionally started small with one county. And so we wanted to make sure our care matched you know, our business side. So we wanted to, to, to get to know everything we needed to do business-wise because we could do the care. We had no problem with that. We wanted to make sure we could sustain our business. We could grow our business. And so we wanted to do it right. And so we didn't want to bite off more than we could actually chew as they say. And so we, we just took a small bite and we, we grew that way. So again, we started with one county before we sold we covered the entire Southwest Georgia. You know, we added four other lines of services. So starting small, getting it right, knowing the ins and outs of our street, educating ourselves in our industry and going out from there was important to us. Okay, I love that, right? And I believe that that also ties back into mindset, right? Because it sounds like a lot of self-acceptance as well as self-awareness, right? Understanding what your lane was and what your lane wasn't, you know, and then doing what you had to do to get stronger and what wasn't necessarily your lane and still show up the way you wanted to show up, right? I love that. All right. So sometimes entrepreneurship can be a lonely path. However, I don't feel like it always has to be that way. 
So talk to us about your view of working together as opposed to feeling like you have to do it all alone. Hmm. So we we got a chance to go to, um, I don't know if I, I think I told you this, but we got a chance to go to Dartmouth. They had an entrepreneurial program for minorities. And one of the things that we learned there, we did this ex- exercise where we, it was like 35 entrepreneurs. We got this fill in the blank answer questions and you had 25 questions and you had 20 minutes to answer. And that was the only instructions that the instructor gave us. And at the end, end of 20 minutes, she said, how many have it right? Nobody had all the answers completed. And so she said, the whole class failed. She said, the class that got it right was the class where someone stood up and said, what do you have? What you got over here? Do you have it over there? It was the class that worked together. And they were trying to teach us the power of working together. And when we left that class, that's when we started coaching. That's when we started consulting. That's when we started sharing what we had, the knowledge and expertise we learned and working with other people. And it is so funny. I'm saying this, but pretty much everybody we work with is a Black entrepreneur. I'm going to say a minority. Mm. And so it's just power in that, right? Like I can help this person with their lawn care business. I can help this person with this restaurant, you know, by using the little influence that we have Mm -hmm. and it's power in that. So that was the lesson we learned from learning to work together. I love that. And as I listened, it sounds like a having like an abundance mindset, because I feel like sometimes people hoard their information because they may be scared that if I give this away, it's going to mess up my chances or it's going to take away from the trajectory of my life. But I believe that's a myth, right? Like the more we give, the more we actually open our arms to receive. But then I also feel like when you're able to help another business grow, that's something else that you can add to your resume, so to say, right? So it makes you even greater to be able to help, you know, other people as well or work with other people. And that was something that we were uh, in a strategic meeting and we we were strategizing probably seven years ago and we wrote a, a BHAG, a big, our big, hairy, audacious goal. Mm-hmm. And that was in 20 years to be a nationally recognized company setting standards of innovative caregiving through comprehensive networks touching every household. And so Ishanda and I, we knew we couldn't do it ourselves through innovative. And if we want to be nationally known and if we want to touch every single household, we had to empower others to do it, to provide the care. And so again, it's just funny how things happen. Seven years ago, we wasn't thinking about selling our business and consulting to help other people. But when you help other people, like I say, you can go further together. And so, and when you try to do things alone and keep things to yourself, you know, you won't get anything in return. Right. You made me think of a quote. I think it's by Mother Teresa. It's like alone, I can make one drop, but with others, I can make many ripples or and I'm paraphrasing y'all don't, you know, don't quote me. But the quote is (laughs) to that effect. Right. Like as a one person or two people, how much impact can you really make? You know, and doesn't mean that your impact won't be great, but as you add more and more people, the impact becomes greater and greater and greater. So I love that as well. Now, let's talk personal development. Talk to us about how you stay on the cutting edge in your industry. Again, I think 
when I talked about how we started, we wanted to know the industry ins and outs. And so that's always what we've been big on, educating ourselves in the industry, making sure that we are on the cutting edge, that we are providing not just quality care, but it's trend setting. We're small town girls. We're from rural Southwest Georgia. And we joined our state association in senior care. And we pride ourselves out of everyone in the state. It was less than five people that were doing electronic documentation and billing and things in our industry. And we were one of those individuals. And so we want to be on the cutting edge with providing care, setting standards in our industry. Yes, education, education. And I love your example, right? Like, I know it was a while. I forget how long I was actually in corporate America until someone told me like, have you ever joined this association or that association, right? And for me, I didn't know anything about joining associations, right? Even when it was first introduced to me, I'm like, what's the point in that? I don't know these people. I want to talk to these people, right? (laughs) But I love that as far as, you know, what you're saying in relation to it being a place where you can learn things that you need to learn to make yourself better and to make your business better, right? So whatever industry you're in, look for an association to join so that you can learn some things and grow yourself. Have you gotten your ticket to the second WinHerd United Virtual Summit yet? The early bird special is currently going on and the tickets are free. Yes, free. So go to winherdunited.com forward slash event to get your ticket today. And if you want to support the ongoing production of WinHerd United, your contributions are welcome and appreciated. There are two ways that you can do so via Cash App and Buy Me a Coffee. The Cash App handle for WinHers United is dollar sign WinHers United. And the Buy Me a Coffee URL is buymeacoffee.com forward slash WinHers United. All of these links will be in the show notes. So go to winhersunited.com forward slash podcast to check out the show notes. Thank you in advance for your support and remember that no donation is too small. Earlier during the episode, you talked about hiring a business coach to help you acquire assets for your business. So talk to us about why you chose to do this and what advice you have for others that feel they can't afford this kind of investment. Oh, I'll I'll hit that one. So I think it's, essential to have a business coach. We had one at six figures. We got a different one at seven figures and we got a different one now hoping to get us at this eight figures annually. And the first business coaches we had the first two years were free. So I don't know if people know that the SBDC, the Small Business Development Center, they are regionally located in Georgia. They're in every region. They offer statewide. statewide, They offer business coaching for free. That's number one. Um, The reason why you want a business coach, you want someone who's already done what you're trying to do. And then that way you're going to get there quicker. So why you got to go recreate the wheel when you can get with someone who can show you the way. So back to the assets. This guy told us, he was like, this is how brilliant this coach was. He was like, okay, you're doing in-home care. You're doing adult daycare. You're doing personal care homes. You're doing transportation. He was like, 
y'all need to look at which one is most profitable and do more of that. Mm-hmm. That was like a nugget. Like we're trying to do everything. You need to do the one that's most profitable and grow that. And then he was like, go get you a real estate holding company. We still, by the way, we still lease, but we lease from ourselves. So all the businesses that we do operate a business, we lease it from our real estate holding company. We got that from the coach. We didn't know that. But guess how much he has advanced us by giving us those nuggets. So I think a coach is priceless and we'll always have one. It's just that value. Mm. Must invest in yourself. I know uh, (laughs) our coach now, we went to a uh, conference and he told us how much he set aside for investing in himself. Because again, you're trying to get somewhere and why you got to reinvent. I mean, he had some people were like, oh my God, he's like like over $200,000 that he spent a year on investing in himself in coaching and conferences and, and education. You know, so you have to do it. It's a must. I love that. I love that. So what I heard, right, and I've heard this time and time again, and for our loyal listeners, you all have heard me say this, I think, right, is like you can't afford not to, right, especially if you want to go somewhere and go there quickly, right, because, you know, I'm definitely not going to say that you can't get there on your own, but it's going to take you a lot longer, right, and it's going to be a lot more painstaking than it has to be, quick story about me, right? Like I remember growing up as a teenager, I'm one of those strong-willed, free thinkers, you know, I know it all, right? And I remember my mom used to try to tell me certain things, right? And I'll never forget telling her, well, I have to learn the hard way. Like I said this, right? And in a lot of ways, I experienced things the hard way, right? And I'm like, well, I have to learn the hard way because that's just how it works for me. Right. And I was so naive and just so bullheaded at the time. And that's exactly what I got. I got a lot of hard lessons, you know, and it took me a long time to get to certain places in my life. Right. So I do agree with what you said. It's no point in reinventing the wheel. Like one of the other things I say often is we go through to help others get through. Right. Like people that have been there and done that are here to help other people, those that are willing. And more than likely, a lot of people are willing. Right. To help others to get past those hurdles that sometimes they had to go through the hard way, right? So they're here to help you get it a lot easier than they had. So definitely, definitely take advantage. You just taught me something, real estate holding company. I want to get more into real estate. You know, I I own my own house, but as far as business, I haven't gotten into that. And I don't even, I have to do some Googling, right? I'm like, okay, real estate holding business. Let me put that on the list. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for that. Let's talk self-care. So what's your view on self-care as a business owner? It's important. (laughs) It's very important. It is essential. You need that. And, And really, a lot of entrepreneurs have the wrong mindset, especially small companies, small business entrepreneurs. You know, it's always work, 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 work. You know, you're working in your business. You never have time to work on your business. You should be working on your business and you should be able to do that on the golf course at, you know, wherever at the spa, you know, we feel like we have to be in the business for it to work. And so really we need to be able to uh, work on our business and be able to do those self-care things and have 
a business where it can run without you. And then you can you can do those self-care things. It is very important. Yeah. We don't do it enough. We're trying to definitely be better at taking care of ourselves so we can continue to move our business forward and, and help others. So okay. do a little lesson on that. <laughs> right, right. I love that. Right. And I love your transparency in relation to that, because I do agree it is essential. Right. I like to say all work and no play. How fulfilled are you really being if it's all work and no play? Right. But again, back to your transparency, just being real about where you currently are, but recognizing that is something that you do want to change. So speaking to that, right. Talk to us about what areas you want to improve in in relation to care or what what are your self-care goals? Hmm. Self-care goals. I'll say what mine is. now, And we do do a lot of stuff. We go to spas and we do some things that I think we just we've gotten used to. But for me, like as an entrepreneur, like I can set my own schedule, right? Why in the heck am I setting my schedule to start at 830 every morning? Mm-hmm. You know, and I've been doing that recently since the new year. And it's so funny. It's like a cycle. My goal is to not just start my work day to 10 so that I can have the morning to make sure I pray. I can go work out, have a nutritious breakfast and then start work. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I end my day at two. My goal is to end at two because I pick up my girls from school at three. But for whatever reason, I'll get off track <laughs> and I'll be booking myself all day long. and so. For me, my goal for self-care is to manage my day-to-day time and make sure I put those things first and and work my work in between that. Okay. For me, you know, we all want, I mean, that's what people get in entrepreneurship for, right? I love to vacation. I want to vacation more. I want to spend more time with my family, do the things that I love to do. And so we are doing that more. We want to have a business that have not the best job in the world. Yes. So the best job in the world is to be able to work where you want, when you want, how you want, and with whom you want. That is the ultimate goal. And if we can do that, then I can <laughs> definitely put some self-care time. <laughs> so yes, that's what we're trying to get to. Okay, I love that. I love that. And I love your reference of wanting to establish a morning routine that allows you to take care of you, you know, wanting to stop your day for your care of your family. Right. And I think that definitely speaks to self-care in relation to your values. What's valuable to you? And then making sure that you're adhering to that and honoring yourself in that way. And I love that. We'll just say work when you want, where you want, with whom you want and all those wants. Right. I I love that. As a bonus, let's talk celebrating wins. Tell us about your latest win and why it's important to you. Hmm. I'm going to do one and I'll let her do one because we we look at things kind of (laughs) differently. She's like the care person on the team. I'm kind of like the operation business person on the team. Right. Okay. So a win for me. Because we're always strategizing. We're always trying to think outside of the box. But a win for me is we told you how we were buying all these properties. So like our goal is to buy like 25 properties this year. And so we saw the value last year. We were working majority with one realtor. And we was like, we're going to change this. 
Like this year, any realtor that works with us gonna have to be exclusive, like an exclusive realtor. And they're gonna pay us a membership for us because we're giving you all our business. Like I'm telling you, I'm not gonna use any other realtor. I'm gonna buy all my properties with you this year. And we land a deal. We got an exclusive realtor. And I, that's a win for me. <laughs> like we were thinking outside of the box and I don't know anybody else doing it. So yeah, that's my win. <laughs> I love that. Congratulations. Wait, let me speak to that right quick. So you said, and then they have to pay you. Is that what you said? Oh yeah. They, they paying us. Yes. Yes. I love this. So a win in finding what you want, but then defining what you want. Right. Because for me, you know, not necessarily being in that real estate world, it's sort of like you could do that. Right. But you'll be surprised at what you could do. Unless you decide what you want to do and then you try. Right. Because that could have been like, oh, no, that's not possible. Or I must be crazy kind of thing. But like, no, this is what I want and I'm gonna find it. Right. So I love that. All right. Next one. Oh, goodness. Let's see. <laughs> a win for for me and our business is everybody knows it's COVID pandemic. I am excited to say that our facility went this entire free. We have not had it. We have not had a case of COVID in our facility. And so that is like huge because, you know, every time we do a class, that's like the myth, right? Don't start a senior care, don't start a business, a senior care business in the midst of COVID. And so, you know, it can be done. We have kept our facility COVID free. We've added new businesses. We've helped people start their new businesses that are profitable, prospering in this season. And so that's a win. I love that. That gave me chills, right? Because I feel like I've heard that COVID is rampant in the senior care facilities right so to know that yours went without one case listen okay talk about operating in excellence <laughs> yes thank you for your wins I love it let's talk about pivots right quick right because I remember again when we spoke last time you talked about how during COVID you did something different with your facilities to open it up for something with COVID so remind me of what that was. And let's just talk to the listeners about finding opportunities to expand yourself or try something new. So, yes, we had sold our business in 2019. And so in 2020, we were, we were ready to take over the world, you know, ready to take over, you know, the senior care industry. So we purchased a 24 bed facility. We with that purchase, we purchased a um, adult day center all in the beginning of 2020. And we know what happened in the beginning of 2020. We were ready. We had people lined up, ready to move in our facility. And then March 2020 came. Mm. And I was like, oh my God. Right. So the clients, the, the clients that we had ready, and they were like, well, this will pass by. Let's, let's just let us see what's going to happen and we'll reconvene. So no one moved into our newly renovated 24 bed facility. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, what are we going to do? So John and I were like, we have to pivot. Can I talk about before we pivoted though? Yeah. How we got to the pivot. So before we got to the pivot, we started going live on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We were doing stuff like teaching people what COVID was. We were talking to caregivers of um, seniors and seniors. We were teaching them about COVID, how to protect themselves from COVID, what activities, engagement, things they could do mm -hmm. with COVID. And 
people start reaching out to us. It was like, my caregiver can't is not showing up. They, they got COVID. Family members were getting COVID. I can't take care of my senior loved one. So it was like our ear was to the community, right? We were mm-hmm. listening to them and what was going on. And from that is where we got our pivot. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like you said, we heard the local officials, the state officials, and we were like, we're going to turn our facility into a refuge for recovering COVID-19 clients. Mm. And it was what our community needed. And so we got admissions. Um, We had about 10 people that we service for two months. And let me tell you, over half of those individuals are still with us today. Mm. So we were able to, in those two months, still to get income, still to the need uh, in our community. And we were able to survive opening a new facility and not having any income to having, you know, almost half full and still having those clients with us today. So finding a need. I love that. I love that. (laughs) And I love how it just started with providing value. Right. I don't know if that was strategic with you all or if it was just like, this is a problem. You know, how can I help? Right. So providing that value with that information. I love how that feedback then ended up turning into market research. Right. Because that's basically what it was when the people started telling you stuff, you know, and then for you to then take that and come up with a solution that helped you to stay afloat in uncertain times. Listen, y'all, these is the gems, right? And and it could be transferred to any business, not necessarily senior care, right? But any business, these fundamental gems are so transferable, so relevant and very, very useful. All right. So question for both of you all. What does being a winner mean to you? To me, being a win-her is showing her that you can do it too. Like, we are two small-town country girls. When I say grew up on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere, we've lived here all of our lives. And it's like, when we go to conferences, they're like, you from where? You know, (laughs) but for her to know you can do it too, anybody can do it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And just showing that to other people is a win-her for me. Yeah, I know, right? Well, you ask that uh, like a, a little tear start, you know, <laughs> because you always want to make a difference, right? You're here for a purpose. And when you can find your purpose, fulfill your purpose, then you know you're going to help someone else win if you walk it in your purpose. And so, you know, with us walking in our purpose and again, from a small town and letting people in our community know that you can look like me, you can come from, you know, a population of less than 15,000 and you can dream and those dreams can come true. And so showing the possibilities, walking in purpose. And when you walk in purpose, again, you're going to be a winner and you're going to help other people. Yes. Love that. I love that. Yeah. Being a winner is finding your purpose and walking in your purpose. Just a quick, you know, I took to one part. Right. But I love all of the things. <laughs> all right. So I like to talk. Right. And I could keep y'all here all day, but I like to be respectful of people's time. Right. So if you have any parting words or advice for us, let us know what that is. And then let us know where we can find you, connect with you, your business, all of those things. 
My parting words would be learn the finances. Like do not go past go without learning the finances because that was like a weakness for us. We knew care. We knew everything else but that. And it was the last thing that we learned and it cost us a lot. And so I know we're helping somebody now start their business. And I said, listen, you're going to get some QuickBooks if nothing else. And you're going to be able to watch these finances as your business grow. So that would be my parting words is don't skip out on that because it's Mm. very, very important and vital if you want a business that's going to grow. Okay. If you want to join the billion dollar industry, the senior care industry, we want to help you start managing, grow your business, senior care business. And you can reach us. Our website is iscconsultant.com. And so you can find us there or you can follow us on Facebook at Innovative Senior Solutions. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can find us there. All right. And check the show notes for this episode because all of those links will be in the episode. And I do want to just go back to your website, right? So I is in Igloo, S is in Sam, C as in Cupcake, consultants.com. All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much. This has been so, so awesome. Thank you. I really enjoyed this interview with Ishonda and Jessica. And I hope you did as well. My takeaway for today is to secure my assets so I can continue to grow my business. It shocked me to learn that you can make over seven figures and not be given money due to lack of assets. What's your takeaway from this episode? Send me an email and let me know. My email is winhersunited at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. One of my models is sharing is caring. So I sure hope that you care to share. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode to read Ishanda and Jessica's full bio. Get the Cash App handle for Winners United. Get the direct link to my Buy Me A Coffee page to get the URL to get your ticket to the Winners United Virtual Summit and more. We'll be back in two weeks with another amazing, winning woman of color entrepreneur. But until then, as always, be empowered and empower on.